Jamie Lewis, and this is Consumed, a podcast where eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers can get real. Thanks for joining me. Consumed is sponsored in part by Slow Life magazine. Over the past several years, I've written the food column for Slow Life, and I've covered many, many different restaurants and dishes here in Slow County. Some of my favorite subjects have been fried chicken, educational dining, and I even recently wrote about the free bread at three different local eateries. Slow Life is much more, though, so get your hands on a copy every other month. To find out how, visit slowlifemagazine.com. In the central coast town of Solvang, known for Scandinavian able skeevers and meatballs, Chef Gulzar Barrera indulges her love for Japanese cuisine by making and selling ramen through pop-ups with her catering business called All Purpose Flour. Despite the fact that she's of Persian descent, Gulzar's love for Japanese cuisine originated with her time as a prep cook for a Japanese restaurant in San Diego. Since arriving in Solvang three years ago, she has expanded her catering work significantly for events and private clients, in addition to building her ramen pop-ups, which are unprecedented in this little town. We discussed what it was like to grow up as a first-generation, first-born daughter in a Persian home, the secret to perfect ramen broth, and about her stint as a contestant on MasterChef with Gordon Ramsay, which is a pretty wild story. Here's my conversation with Gulzar Barrera. Hi, Gulzar. Hi. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, perfect. Okay, cool. Um, I have never met you before. This is our first time, and you drove all the way from Solvang. And Do you live in Solvang? I live in San Inez. Okay. Right up the way. Okay. Uh, I wanted to have you over because a, a mutual friend said that you would be a great guest on here, and I, I can already tell it's going to be great. So I wanted <laughs> to know, you know, since I'm coming in with nothing, where where did you come from? Where did you grow up? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Sure. Um, I grew up in Fremont. It's in the Bay Area, NorCal. And I moved to San Diego after high school. So I was there for about five years. And from San Diego, I moved to Santa Inez because my husband got a job mm-hmm. up there. You're a Californian. <laughs> You are. You've been up, down, I'm sideways. Yeah. I'd never heard about solving before. Yeah. I moved there. So I've been there for three years now. Okay. Um, yeah. But the catering company I started in San Diego. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Cater- um, all-purpose flour. All-purpose flour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was more of a personal chef business then. I was young. 23. Does that mean going into people's homes and... Yep. For even for individuals or families, yep, and events and things like that. Yeah, just a low cost way to start my own business. Yeah, because I had no money and I was pretty unmotivated in San Diego. Why? Why is that? It's just sunny and beautiful all the time. So why why work when you can be on the beach? <laughs> yeah. Did you spend a fair amount of time on the beach? I did. Yes, yeah. that's where I met my husband. <laughs> on the beach, you did the, uh, a bar on the okay. beach. Of course, <laughs> it's so funny. The more people I talk to, the more I discover there's a reason people meet in bars because they are meeting places. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really common. <laughs> yeah. Even for people I meet, who I'm like, oh, there's no I. I have some friends that you'd think that they met in the library or something. They're at Barnes and <laughs> oh, Noble. Oh, that'd be great. It was at a bar. Yeah, <laughs> it was at a bar. So where did the food thing come from for you? Yeah, um, I don't mm, I don't really know. I was a dancer my whole life. Hmm. So I thought that that was going to be my future in dance. But I was also an academic 
um, was really, did really well in high school. And I was accepted to all the universities that I applied to. But for whatever reason, I decided, hmm, I love food. I've always loved food. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the route that I want to pursue. So when I proposed that to my parents, I believe it was my senior year of high school, they freaked out. No, that's not happening. What are you talking about? I thought you wanted to be a lawyer. Because I talked about that too. Yeah. Being a lawyer. Um, Stringing them along. Yeah. I don't know. I I knew that I wanted to be something big, something great. Hmm. Um, And I had a very romantic relationship with food. So um, I don't know. I was just very passionate about it. But they didn't didn't like that. I wanted to go to culinary school. They were not going to pay for that. Um, I'm Persian, so it's very common for your parents to expect you to be a doctor or an engineer, a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, so that didn't go over too well, but my dad's an artist. So I was shocked at that age. I I thought he would for sure get it. He's a fine artist. Yeah. Painter. painter, Um, he owned a, an art gallery in San Francisco. So he did kind of transition from painter to business owner. Mm -hmm. Um, so I see a lot of myself in my dad. Uh, but my mom was the bread maker for sure. She was an engineer. That's why we moved to the, uh, that's why we grew, I grew up in the Bay area. I was Mm -hmm. born in orange County, but we moved to the Bay because she got a job, um, as a computer engineer, Silicon Valley. So yeah, she's my inspiration. For sure. She's great. (laughs) So she just, she wasn't very happy. Mm. And then she Wait, was, sorry, just a second. Yeah. Would she have been happy if you'd said, I want to be a computer engineer? Would she have been like, yes, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Okay. She loves her job. <laughs> <laughs> and she would love it if you loved your job. Right. The same job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. But your dad happened? wasn't supportive. Or no. should I not say that? No. Well, they weren't. Okay. They weren't supportive. Even as an artist, that's so interesting. Yeah, and now that I look back, I wonder if that's because he struggled financially. So maybe that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that that would make sense to me. It was it's real hard for him. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so then I decided to not even go to the, any of the universities mm-hmm. and go the um, community college route. Mm-hmm. Are we talking um, UC schools university? Yeah, route? yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and they were okay with that, but. I had a pretty strict upbringing, so I just, I was in college for five years to get Mm. two years worth of credit, (laughs) just to paint that picture for you. (laughs) And this was in San Diego also? Yes. So started in Fremont and then my younger sister, who is now a doctor, Mm. she, um, she went to UC San Diego and I helped her move in. Um, and I didn't want to be away from her. So yeah, I, that's when I decided to move to San Diego to be closer to her. Are you guys still close? Yes. Aww. Yeah. We went through some rough patches, but we're great now. As siblings do. Yeah, and family. <laughs> oh my gosh. So complicated. And here you are being public about it. And I fully understand. Yeah. It's yeah. Everybody's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, growing up in a strict household. Mm-hmm. So when you say strict, what does that mean exactly? Well, I was also the first born, so I I was never allowed to go to sleepovers. 
I just didn't have the social life that all of my friends had. And that was hard for me to understand. I'm first generation American. So my parents came here from Iran um, right before the revolution. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they raised me the only way they knew how to. And, but it's a big culture difference. So as a child, I didn't get why I can't hang out with my friends after school or Mm. spend the night at my friend's house. So that was, um, that was rough on me. And I think a lot of people went through that. Yeah. The same, the same thing. Mm. Um, so yeah. And school was just, it was just very important my whole life Mm -hmm. and I did very well. So when I reached this age in the American culture where I felt I can break away from my parents, it was a hard, like, rebellion. Yeah. <sighs> this is such a common story right <laughs> I know, now. I know. And I love, actually, that it's been so, it's been very public. We, you know, I'm thinking about the movie The Big Sick. Did you see that movie? No. It's great. It's a, a there's a comedian named Kumal Nanjani who is Pakistani. And he, very similar to you, came, I think he was, I'm pretty sure he was either born here or was born in Pakistan and came immediately to the U.S. And he dealt with, there's a split there for so many people, parents who immigrate and their expectations for their children, but the children being submerged in American culture, there's a real, there's a real tension there. Um, And in the big sick, he goes on to marry an American, like a blonde, <laughs> blue-eyed American and the difficulty of that. But this is just such a common story lately. Right. And I'm glad we're hearing about it, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And it helps uh, first-generation folks feel not so alone and like it's not so uncommon. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, what was food like in your house growing up? Oh, my gosh. It was just, that was the main attraction. Mm. Uh so good. Yeah, it everything revolves around food in the Persian household. We always ate together. Um my like I said my mom worked and my dad worked. So my grandma lived with us my whole life. She pretty much raised us. So mm-hmm. she was always cooking, always cooking. What um, kind of stuff? For someone who stews, doesn't know. Stews, beef stews, eggplant stews, mm-hmm. rice, chicken, kebabs, but lots of stews. Yeah. Good, good stuff. But grandma never let me in the kitchen. Why? She was terrified that I would burn myself, cut myself. I would, um, the, her biggest thing was like grease spatter on the face. Mm. Goals are your beauty is all that you have. <gasps> you need to preserve that. Still today, mm. goals are, you, this is not the right work for you. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to, you need, you, you need she, like I don't know you need men to help you with the lifting of things I don't know what she thinks it yeah. is that I do but it's isn't that interesting yeah and this is my grandma so she's old school a woman should not work and mm. I don't I'm not sure that it's a the culinary profession is so big in Iran the way it is here mm-hmm. so I'm not sure that she understands why I'm doing what I'm doing that was my grandma yeah. It's interesting to me that she, here she's a cook, mm-hmm. a very proficient home cook. The best. But doesn't want you to do that. Right. Doesn't want to bring you up in that way. What do you think she wanted for you? <laughs> the same, same thing my parents wanted. Yeah. Um, no, maybe not. Maybe not. She probably would want me to marry a rich man and mm. be 
provided for, mm-hmm. which I did. Mm. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> but I still work hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, isn't that interesting that, I mean, you had your choices. You could choose anyone. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume you didn't marry him for his riches, no but way. because you fell no in way. love with him. But the fact that you continue to work is probably kind of baffling to some, to some family members. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it was, he wasn't at all. He was a um, graduate student, so he wasn't making anything. He was living off right. beans and rice when I met him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it's worked out for us. Mm. He's kind of a man's man too, though. He would like me to back away a little bit. Mm. <laughs> do you spend, are you, do you overwork? Are you a workaholic? I don't know what that means. Yes, I work all the time. Yeah. But I live in solving. What else would I be doing? It wasn't that way in San Diego. Now it's like, yeah, yes, I'm definitely a workaholic. But Mm -hmm. I think it's also because my husband is. He he kind of inspires me Mm -hmm. in that way. I was pretty unmotivated before I met him. And he just makes me want to grind and hustle as hard as he does. So he supports me 100%. But at the same time, he's like, babe, take it easy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Keep your mental health. I When I got married, I... I wouldn't say I was lazy, but I, I would rather sit on the beach than work, (laughs) but it's funny. It's, it's like, um, yeah, it's a sharpening kind of thing. I became inspired by my husband's ambitions and, and the time that he spent, um, trying to fulfill those. So yeah, that's an interesting observation. Yeah, for sure. So you went off to community college. You spent five years getting what you could have done in two years, which was what? What did you, did you get? Like- Just the credits that I need to now transfer and finish. So mm-hmm. I did not transfer. That broke my mom's heart. I did not finish. Yeah. And so you went into food at that point? Yes. Yes. I was working. Um, my first job was at a Japanese restaurant in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, so I didn't have the culinary background and I've been self-taught from the beginning, but I wanted to get in the field and gain my experience that way. Cause culinary school wasn't happening. Mm. Um, so I just walked into six or seven different restaurants in town. All of them told me that I need, they can give me a serving position. Mm-hmm. So that was very annoying. And yes, this one restaurant, the chef said, okay, and I'm begging for a dishwasher, dishwashing position, just so I can be back there. I really, really was passionate about it. I wanted to learn. And he said, okay, well, we're not going to throw you in the dish pit, but you can start as prep cook. So that's kind of where it all started. And I developed this love for the Japanese Mm. cuisine. So that's kind of where that started. Everyone wants to know why I'm not doing Persian food, but I wasn't taught Persian food by my grandma. Right. The love for the food was always there, but they never taught me how to do that. So was this a sushi place that you worked in? I mean, it was a su- it was a full Japanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. So there was a sushi bar and a full um, menu. Did they ever let you on the sushi? No, no. no. I, that's a tight. <laughs> that's a I made tight the rice. Spot. I made the rice for the sushi. Yeah. But no, I was making wontons and breaking down chickens and Mm -hmm. just I learned a lot there he was a great chef Mm -hmm. but I was only there for four months and that's when um master chef happened 
really quick. Four months is enough time. That's enough time to get inspired and motivated. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how important a short amount of time can be toward the trajectory of somebody's career. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice to hear that. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't have to Because I sometimes work... tell myself that, that that really wasn't that long, but yeah. you're right. It's all I needed. It is. It really is. Um, so then what do you mean by MasterChef happened? <laughs> <laughs> she said knowingly. <laughs> what happened there? I loved the show at the time. So, uh, yeah, one day the credits were rolling and it said that there's a casting call in San Diego. I said, okay, I'll try How out for convenient. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did, it was like a 11 hour audition process that day. I wanted to bail so bad again, just to go be on the beach. 11 hours. It was crazy. We're, you're what? just sitting around because there were so uh, many people, 400 people tried out to that, um, that San Diego one, 3,200, uh, nationwide. It was a wow. big deal. It's a great show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, they picked me and then that ended up being a whole process maybe four other interviews after that wow and why do you think they picked you oh i i <laughs> put on a show i was the persian princess yeah i showed up um i don't know fashion is a big thing for me too yeah you so. look very nice <laughs> i love Thank it you. yeah i'm a troll in the kitchen but when i'm not <laughs> when i'm not working i i like to dress up so i showed yeah. up in my heels and it was a thing and i presented this octopus potato salad which it did stand out a little bit Mm -hmm. it's not it's a classic italian italian dish but everyone a lot of people showed up with like crock pots that they had plugged in and burners and i'm Mm. like this is an audition i know it's gonna take some time i'm gonna bring a cold dish so Mm. they liked the dish um but i think it was more about the tv personality yeah yeah so and Wait. then I did a lot of like on camera interviews. It was it was a mm. huge it was a big deal for me because that that gives me anxiety. Be- a lot of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Being on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Or on a mic. Ha, yep. ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> so cruel. But yeah, so you must have wowed them. Yeah, I guess. I was chosen. Um a hundred people were picked. Hmm. And then we were sent to LA. And from there we had there was some sort of competition so from 100 it went to 40 and then oh man that was that was such a hard thing to go through we had to take a psych eval before they excuse me yeah yeah, i had to uh from san diego drive to la just to take this psych evaluation and that's not a small thing thing. yes (laughs) and it's kind of invasive isn't it yeah wow why do you think they want that well because um, I experienced, I experienced like emotionally messed up things on that show. They do mess with you. That was hard. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I can talk about it now, MasterChef. But you were NDA, I'm sure, <laughs> yes. for a while. Wow. For three years, I believe. So they're trying to make sure that you're stable enough to handle what's being thrown at you. Yeah. Wow. Well, because have you seen the show? I've it's seen dramatic. Parts. It's It's, it's reality Ramsey, right? Yes. <laughs> so say no more. Wow. And you have a lot of contact with him as you are on the show? Um, not really. Okay, so they told they picked 40 people, but they told us that they had picked the top 20. And that's how the show starts, is with top 20. But what they did was they split these two groups. Yeah. So there's top 20 in this hotel and top 20 in the other hotel. So the season premiere was us facing off, basically. 
So they paired me with this older, uh, older lady. She was in her seventies, grandma of 12. Mm-hmm. And that's not on accident either. They mm-hmm. paired her with this petite little Persian princess. That yeah. was the persona. Right. Um, and so that's when Gordon Ramsay was in my face, was during that battle, me and her. And it was real. Whoa. You have one hour. Here's your battle. It was a dessert challenge. I don't bake. They know that because I put that on my application. And grandma with <laughs> right, you. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my and I, that's a horrible <laughs> assumption to make. Was she a baker? I'm totally assuming yes. like grandma yes, baker. Okay, she, <laughs> she fit the She fit the type. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was interesting. Before, before they put us in for the battle they put us in that room you know with all the vegetables in the background yeah. and you're talking about your opponent they're like say something about her age say something oh about this oh, i know i don't want to do that <laughs> that's awful. but i'm gonna win <laughs> yeah well because competing you have two competing things you yeah. feel like you want to be humane yeah. <laughs> and you want to win so dramatic yeah yeah so then i was thrown in there and that's when i guess all that anxiety caught up with me i was so proud of myself for getting so far with all the on-camera interviews that was the hardest part for me um and then i'm in there and we're doing the battle and gordon ramsay comes up to me says what's your name where are you from and i couldn't get it out you you blinked yeah i couldn't tell him my name (laughs) wow he's like okay well moving on yeah and that was that was it I kind of lost my camera presence there and I knew it yeah so I failed they broke you I'm so I failed sorry. that episode no big deal um <laughs> so I made it to the first episode yeah um but yeah it was it was a great experience I would never do it again they asked me to come back for for season whatever that was season six I think they asked me to come back for season eight I said, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy now. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah, isn't that... It's sad to me. The whole reality TV thing is really... I think it's problematic. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, the first episode of Survivor, which was... I mean, I know MTV's The Real World is the true original reality show. Oh, yeah. But when Survivor came out, what they would do to people in the name of entertainment it shocked and disgusted me the first time I saw it. The fact that we are no longer as a, a society shocked and disgusted by it, really. Right. Because it's what we choose to watch. I mean, clearly, that desensitizing is really concerning to me, especially when I hear what happens behind the camera. All we as the right. viewer sees is the the confessional, you know, the yeah. direct um, response. But we don't see the other person saying, say something about her age. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I'm indignant. Oh my gosh. And we had to be, we, they took away our cell phones the whole time. I was there for a month. Camera ready by 5 a.m. Curfews 8 p.m. for no reason. We're up at 5 a.m. all ready to go and we're not going to be on camera until like 2 p.m. Yeah. It made no sense. Hard ice is a Hollywood term. When they say hard ice, you don't talk. You don't look at each other. You have to preserve all of that for the camera. So we're not talking for hours. We're just in a room kind of staring at each other, but we're not supposed to be looking at each other either. It was very bizarre. Very bizarre. So when you say you're glad you did it, but you wouldn't do it again, why are you glad you did it? Um, Just because uh, it was was a fear of mine being on camera. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm glad that I was able to kind of conquer those fears and 
I never passed out. I never puked from all the anxiety. Yes. It's a big deal. Success. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I put myself I put myself out there. It really took me out of my um, comfort zone. And mm. again, I didn't have a crazy amount of experience um, with cooking at that time. So mm. I was proud for getting as far as I did. Absolutely. Yeah. So how, where did that lead you next? Yeah, I think that kind of lit the fire. So I went home and... That was where all-purpose flour started. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go back to the restaurant industry. I said, okay, I think I can do this. I love food, but I love business. Yeah. I think just as much. Entrepreneurial. Yeah. Bootstrapping. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, got a couple good clients out there, but it's when I moved here that I really hit the ground running. Hmm. Yep. So you were doing some personal in-people's-homes in San Diego. Yeah, but I had a pretty big gig, this company ticket box where I would go and to the office and make them food on site. Yeah. And it was a small startup company. There were like 12 to 15 people, I remember, on a daily basis. <laughs> and I was okay with that. That's mm-hmm. that was like that sounds all like I a needed. good gig. It was. It was good. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff did you make for them? Oh, it was always like Asian, Asian influenced stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's me going online, going on Google or Pinterest and trying to get ideas that way. They were all Asian there. And you tweak it to make it your own, I'm assuming. At that, at that point, no, I was trying to follow recipes. I didn't understand that. That's not totally how it works. Mm. Recipes online don't transfer well, Mm. I think in real life. So many of them are thrown (laughs) together. I mean, there's, isn't there, I think it's important to have recipe testing and also to have real recipe writers. There's value in that. I mean, I'm, I'm all for people starting up and doing their own thing, but the internet has made that a little (laughs) like the wild west. But well, but when you're new to it, you don't, you don't, you have to understand why this recipe calls for that. Yeah. Why, why do we need this here? And I didn't have an understanding of that. Mm. So I read a lot just to under, and there's, it's just, it's all science and chemistry. If you don't know why you're adding baking soda versus baking powder, like mm. that's going to be a problem when you're cooking. Um, I think because I had such a romantic relationship with food, I was just always trying to learn something new and create something beautiful. I think that's how it starts for a lot of chefs in the industry until you reach this point where it's like not romantic anymore. Mm. You have to make money. You have to make a living (laughs) out of this. So Hmm. I I don't know when it turned into more business than food for me, but I'm doing ramen. Yeah. I'm doing ramen in the Valley because I, those are the flavors that I know, but that's something that I taught myself how to do. And when I came to Solvang and saw that that's not an option when it's so popular right now, right. It's, it's been popular, yes. it's trendy. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious. I made a business choice to make ramen, but everyone wants the story goals are, why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing Persian food? Mm. There's, there isn't a romantic story behind it. Yeah. And that's also <laughs> not your culinary lineage. I mean, you ate it yeah. as a kid, but... You learned, the first thing you learned, it sounds like, was Japanese yep. food. Yep. Yeah. And I love it. And I respect it. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. My husband loves it. People have you, love it. 
uh, you know, whether or not you say yes to this has no bearing <laughs> on how legit you are as a, an Asian cook, sure. but have you been to Japan? Nope. And you haven't been to China or just, you know, nope. have you been East? Okay. You know, I actually don't think that that, oh, I'm sure people will disagree with me, but I really <laughs> don't think that impacts things because as I was talking to another guest for this season, um, Antonio Diaz, who is in LA and, um, we talked a lot about how American food is American food, whether it's whether it's Persian food yep. or Mexican food or Japanese food. We put our own, because by the nature of who we are as a people, we put our own spin on things. So there are a lot of like twice removed, thrice removed kinds of cuisines that are legitimate in their own right. So, you know... I've never been to Thailand, but I could be a Thai chef <laughs> if I had the training. I could be a Thai chef, but it would be Thai American right. food. And right. that's something really incredible about where we live. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. We have a ton of great resources out here. So I did I did eat at every ramen restaurant and I asked mm -hmm. questions and I made sure to do it right. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm kind of the, the ramen girl in the valley. But when I cater... I'm full service caterer. Yeah. It's mostly Persian inspired. Oh, really? American cuisine. Yeah. And why do you make that choice? I can't serve ramen to a party of 200. Oh, this is true. <laughs> At a wedding. I suppose not. No, I know. Wouldn't that be horrible? <laughs> wedding food with broth all over everybody. <laughs> oh, man. And I am kind of coming back full circle uh, to the Persian roots, I think. I want to learn more, more about that. But at the same token, I want to step away as chef and I want to be business owner. Hmm. So I think that I'm on that path. Hmm. And what does that mean? Um, I don't know yet. Maybe restaurateur. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I want to stay in this industry, but I don't want to break my back in the kitchen. It's hard. It's hard yeah. work. Yeah. And you can only go, I think so far. Hmm. That's just, I don't, I don't think that was ever my passion. I, I stayed at that restaurant for four months. When I moved to the Valley, I worked at a restaurant in um, Los Olivos for a few months there mm -hmm. too. So I learned, I learned quite a bit there too, but at the same time, still trying to get all purpose flour back up and running. So I, I knew that I never wanted to work in a restaurant as a chef. However qualified you may be right. to do it. Right. Yeah. But it is backbreaking work. It is. Yeah. And I don't mind doing it for myself. Yeah. But I want APF to be a lot bigger than that mm -hmm. and more meaningful than that, more than just good food. Are you thinking like a philanthropic wing or are you thinking you want to hire people to do the work and you have creative direction? Um, maybe that's where I'm at right now. I have a, the pop-up ramen, mm -hmm. um, spot in a restaurant in Solvang and I'm not really there cooking the food, but I have yeah. trained my staff to make it exactly the way that I've been making it. Quality mm -hmm. control is everything, but um, that gives me time to market and network and mm -hmm. just bring about something fun, new, cool, mm -hmm. um, to a community that I feel doesn't have that. Solving doesn't have fun, new, cool. I mean, solving is... It's such a wonderful place. I have to say, as it somebody is. from um, the outside, I've never lived there, but I love visiting. 
I do. And I love a good Abel skeever. Yeah. And I love the sausage that, you know, the brats and mustard and all of that. And I love the theater there. It's great. It's a great community for sure. Yeah. And I feel like it's getting somewhat tighter around the food culture there. But also, I think that that's because of people like you who come along and say, you know, love the vibe here. How about this too? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How about this too? Yeah. And there's a lot of young um, chefs out there that are kind of doing the same thing. So I'm excited. Yeah. For the future. And giving options, you know, giving options is always a good thing. Um, And you came to solving why? What's what's the connection between San Diego and solving? I'm trying to work it out. My husband um, got his PhD in genetics from UC San Diego. Oh, wow. So he was sought out to run the science program on a cannabis farm. What cannabis farm? It is Central Coast Agriculture. Big, oh. big farm in Buellton. Okay. So he's the chief science officer there. He makes the seeds. Wow. I couldn't tell you more. Beyond that, he tries to explain his job and it just goes no, I know exactly right over my head. <laughs> I know. I've said this many times, but um, my husband, I mean, I know that he's, my husband is a, a computer engineer and I know that much, <laughs> but honestly, if someone were to say, well, what exactly does he do all day? I don't know. And then I start to wonder if he's really a drug dealer because right. it's like he brings right. money home, but I don't know what he does. <laughs> Um, but I think he would bring even more money home if he were a drug dealer. So I'm yeah. thinking probably not. <laughs> um, but your husband actually works at a cannabis yes, farm. cannabis. So. And it's so big in Santa Barbara County right now. It I'm, is? I'm shocked that he was able to... So he decided he's going to get his PhD, hoping one day he'll get a job in this specific industry. Really? So I'm like, well, you're pretty lucky that this is all happening right now. Yes. Um, before that, he was working in a lab some on autism something having mm-hmm. to do with autism so well genetics that yeah yeah um so i'm just i'm very happy for him to mm-hmm. have found his passion and yeah it's just it's booming it's a booming industry it's huge yeah um, it really is and i didn't realize it was huge in santa barbara county yeah i think they have the most cannabis farms wow in california i think yeah don't quote me on that no does he um <laughs> Does he enjoy your cooking? I know he must. Oh, I don't cook for him anymore. You don't? Why not? Because I'm too busy. Does he cook for himself? We eat out quite often. Yeah. Where do you go? What are your places? Oh my gosh. We live in San Inez, so there's just only a few options. Yeah. Go to Dos Carlitos or SYK almost every day. Really? (laughs) It's awful. I wish I could go to SYK. Oh my gosh, it's so good. San Inez Kitchen, which I've eaten there a couple times, and it is so good. It is amazing, yes. Yeah, and it reminds me, they... It's owned by an Italian couple, is that right? Or an Italian family? Um, I know Luca. Okay, a real Italian. A real Italian. And, uh... the his brother, I believe. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, the food is so good. And I know that the folks at Flower House here in San Luis Obispo, also owned by an Italian couple, um, they are friends with them down there and respect very much. They think they respect each other a lot, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. So they did something remarkable in the Valley. Mm-hmm. They're a big um, inspiration. Yeah. Yep. So you've already kind of told me about what you'd like to be doing soon. Oh, well, I didn't ask you about, so talk to me about the window and what happens there. So you pop up there. 
Yeah, yeah. The window, it's a full commercial kitchen, not a storefront. Um, that's where we do all of our cooking out of for catering. And there and are other, there are a couple other women, I think, yeah. who are working there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone kind of rents the space out, but it has this physical service window. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, we can do something with that. Let's call it the window and serve our awesome stuff that we're making back here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other chefs, but there's like, there's a gal that does juices out of there. Mm-hmm. Just, um, a lot of fun things happening. Yeah. And there's no reason why we can't um, make it available to the public. So that's kind of what sparked my, the window mm-hmm. inspiration. And the window, I think, could be big. Yeah. It could be big. Do you all it's share not- the space? And mm-hmm. like, if somebody were to come up to the window, they could ask for any one of your things? Or is it like everybody, each of you gets a turn Um, <sighs> It's muddied. I kind of took the helm, I guess. Yeah. Um, it seems so, that way. Yeah. What I was trying to do was offer pop-ups to people that can't afford restaurants um, in this industry. So... You get your space at the window where you can pop up with what you're doing, whether that's Indian food or Thai food, pizzas, whatever. Um, but I, I market all of that, right? Because yeah. that's what I, that's what I like doing. And I love it. There's good synergy <laughs> there among you all. Yeah. yeah. And it just, I don't know, it was a good, it was a good opportunity to get your name out there, your business. Um, there's a lot of moving parts with that. Still oh, trying to figure it. it out. But the window exists more as a ghost restaurant now so it's like we're gonna have indian food these are your menu options Mm. this is when it's going to be available really only if you're following on social media are you going to know about it so it gives this like exclusivity Mm -hmm. um to the followers which i think people enjoy and like a food truck you (laughs) know we're going to be here at this time you have to plan your yeah visit yeah but it's it's takeout that's Mm -hmm. that's the key it's to go but it's not like garbage food to go it's yeah. good, awesome stuff made yeah. by chefs. Hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. And that's a good option for, for chefs to yeah. have, to not have to deal with the capital expenses of starting a Oh, restaurant. yeah. It's the way to go. The yeah. restaurant industry is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of licensing do you have, to, do you have to have to pop up? Um, the catering. Okay. Catering license, seller's permit, mm-hmm. insurance. When it comes to... The future. I mean, do you see yourself staying in solving? Yes, I think so. It's quiet. It's different. But it's all about the community there. I was shocked. I've never lived in a small town like that. But so many people have helped me in so many ways. And maybe that's why I got as big as I did, as fast as I did. It's only, it's not, it hasn't even been three years. But I feel like I've done a lot with the company, more so than in San Diego. Yeah. Um, But that's because a lot of people just open their doors. And really helped me out. Like Conrad. Do you know Conrad? Yes. Yeah. Man, he had his kitchen and I didn't even know him. I knocked on his door. I said, I need a kitchen because mm. my business is expanding, but I can't make this food at home. Yeah. And he let me use his kitchen. He didn't even know me for free for yeah. a year almost. Wow. Yeah. And also being in a small community means that you have more impact on, you know, if you think per capita, you have a lot more impact on people, whereas in a city it can get overlooked yeah. can be invisible yeah and you can have limited um resources right to be able to reach everyone yep um i was thinking what is the 
your name, All Purpose Flower, what were you thinking about when you named it? Oh my gosh, I might have to rebrand. It's so confusing. Goals are, my name means flower. It does. Yeah, so it's All Purpose Flower, flower like the plant. Yeah. But everyone thinks I'm either a florist or a baker, so not super wise to confuse your mm. target audience. I but get it where you're going with it. Yes. And again, I was it 23 does. when I created it, so right. I thought it was the most clever thing ever. And now I'm just like, oh man, this is very confusing. And try mm. Googling all-purpose flower. You're going to get flower. Right, <laughs> right. Well, it sounds like you keep busy with, you do weddings still, you cater yeah. for events yeah. and things like that. Catering's a lot of fun. It's great in the valley too. Well, you have lots of opportunities. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And the farm-to-table um, thing is very real there mm-hmm. where it wasn't so accessible in the city. So get to be romantic with the food again. That's yeah. nice. And by romantic, because you've said that a lot, <laughs> you mean it's like... It's love. It's passion. Yeah. And the sensory part of it, the way that it feels, yeah. the way that it tastes. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you were going to plan your last meal if you had the opportunity to be like you know what I'm not going to be around tomorrow I want to have the most bang up awesome meal ever what would it be oh man it would be tonkatsu that mm. bone broth ramen a little pork belly some noodles that's it yeah <laughs> what would you say is the building block of ramen what's the most important part the broth you can't find a recipe for that online yeah for the good stuff I'm sure can't that was a labor of love it took me a long time to nail it down because I didn't want to disrespect again the Japanese culture so I mean they pull all elements into that broth I'm talking all the animals land and sea it's beautiful but then you have to get all of that to harmonize it's poetic will you will you make (laughs) Broth and ramen for me sometimes. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to come down and, and try it. Please do. Thank you for coming to my house, talking to me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Consumed is produced by me, Jamie Lewis, and edited by Chris Lambert. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. And be sure to support the good folks who join me each episode. To learn more about any of my guests, visit letsgetconsumed.com. Until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis.